Hey everybody, welcome to the IGN Movies Podcast, Keeping It Real. This is Jim Vavita, joined by Chris Carl. Hello. Uh, Ms. Roth Cornett had to sit out this particular podcast, so uh, she's here in spirit and we'll make plenty of BDSM references <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to keep with the Roth spirit of it oh, all. Oh boy. That's a total like call out to last week's podcast. Which you should listen to because that thing was a doozy. Wasn't it though? It, and it's just full of potty mouth with we, her. We just, we just choked... <laughs> Well, I don't know if we joked. We kind of deconstructed what makes what makes the ladies like Twilight, which you it know, was if you're an long, interesting conversation. If you're a long-time listener, that might not seem on the surface like it appeals to you, but it will. It will. The way that Roth spins it, very, yeah. very intriguing. We get into some like I don't know, women's studies shit in there. There, there was. If you didn't go to college, you don't need to. You just <laughs> listen to Keeping It Real. We'll bring you everything. <laughs> we'll bring it. It doesn't cost you forty grand a year either. That's, that's true. We're in like college, we can't get you a job once either. <laughs> so, well, you know what? Actually, I think actually, we're probably, we probably have a better shot. <laughs> we're probably better poised to give people jobs than there we go than college does. Um, all right, so let's dive in last weekend's uh, box office, which I won. Yeah, you Suck definitely it, won. Yo. Yeah, I, uh, I, I called it Evil Dead number one. Um, it made twenty five point eight. I projected twenty six million. You know what happened to me? I think I got really. I, I got all like. And this happened a long time ago. I got all, I don't know, egotistical about my <laughs> about my 300 prediction when that came out. And, you know, like, <laughs> there were actual studio reps calling me going, like, why, did you th- why did you predict this to be so good? And some of that I thought was like, hey, some, you know, <laughs> you some, have vo- insights some wunderkind, you know, like some... As some mastermind, but no. You, that you're the uh, what's his name? Nate Silva. Who's the guy? <laughs> the guy that projected the election. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, see, but, he's already. He was like the hot shit for the moment. Now nobody remembers his name. So, I think what happened to me is like you know, all the fame got to me. <laughs> Your head <laughs> and, swelled. And 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 now I overpredict everything. Oh, everything. Dude. Evil Dead. I had at 35 million. That just didn't happen. Well, let's go back to tooting my horn. <laughs> I, I had uh, now. I technically got the numbers right, but the order was wrong because there, it was only 200,000 that separated them. Now, I called Crude second place with 21 million and G.I. Joe 2 in third place with 20 million. It was actually G.I. Joe 2 in second place with 21 million, and Crude's just 200 grand behind at 20.7 million. It was a 20.9 versus 20.7. Uh, and then I said Jurassic Park 3D, fourth place with 17 million. It was fourth place with 18.6. So we were all, um, you know, we were in the ballpark for the yeah. for the most part. Um, now, Evil Dead, let's talk about that. Uh, the horror buffs online, including IGN, loved Evil Dead. But CinemaScore gave it um, a C plus. That means the audiences wow. weren't nuts about it. Now I saw it over the weekend. I did not see it at a press screen. I went over the weekend, um, and I got to say the audience seems slightly indifferent. Wow. So I, I haven't I, seen it yet, but I yeah I have heard really mixed things about it. And even you know we we have um, two different offices here. If you don't know, but there's one in San Francisco that has primar- primarily our games and tech staff, and then down here is primarily the entertainment staff. So um, it's interesting. You'll be on an email thread, and they'll have like a perspective on a movie that's totally different than mm-hmm. ours in some cases. Now we have a lot of Evil Dead fans up there. Casey and and Sean are big Evil Dead fans. Didn't they do a rewind for us? A yeah, yeah. Like way back 
in the day and and they they all liked it but i think they went as a group to evil dead and it was pretty split like it yeah. wasn't like everybody just straight up loved I, it i liked it i didn't love it but i liked it um i'd recommend it i'd probably see it again on cable but um it didn't quite blow me away uh, in the manner that all the my my colleagues were raving about, yeah, um, you know, and I certainly don't think it's the scariest movie we'll ever see. <laughs> no, no, it's I not. think we we mentioned this before, but I think the scariest movie you will ever see, you've already seen. Yeah, like yeah. by the time you're like a forty year old person, you won't see a movie that will scare you more than anything you've already watched. That's a good point. That's a very good point, actually. Yeah, there's something about those early impressionable years when you see something. Uh, because when you see something when you're older, I think you, you bring with it a sort of, um, whether you mean to or not, some sort of maybe moralistic perspective of like, I can't believe that movie did that. Like, no matter how <laughs> liberal you are, there's always something that pushes your button like, I don't think that's right. Because well, that's just the stodginess of getting older. For me, I don't care. I'll watch, you know, kids get killed and all kinds <laughs> of manner of stuff. Like, I think horror movies are there. Hardcore. It's mofo. like, it's it's they're there to make you go to those dark places in your brain, I think. Yeah. To some extent, you know, it's so you don't have to explore that stuff in your free time. Um, Still you know, think it some of the scariest shit you'll see is in driving in traffic school, <laughs> those movies. You know, it's actually um i think tv is helping to to lift the horror mantle and take it now um to i mean stuff look like at things like hannibal is great hannibal american horror story dexter i know it's not a straight up horror show but you know i think you're right in that television has um managed to make people i think it's given them a more discerning palette for, yeah. for horror which is an ironic thing to say or <laughs> fitting thing to say when you're talking about Hannibal yeah, uh, but exactly. uh, even like Bates Motel and uh, I think people expect um, more than just shock now from horror I think they do want some sort of psychological or character bent to it I think so too and actually I would say the most effective horror movie for me in the last probably 10 years was The Strangers because it actually played on things that could happen to you and, and yeah. I, I always think about things like the the Manson murders and, and stuff like that that I know happened. It was like yeah, yeah. just people enjoying themselves in their home, you know, living their lives, and then this horrific thing descended upon them. Like that is something that could actually happen to you. That's you know? why I mean, oh, I forgot. Of course, Walking Dead too. Walking Dead, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I think there's there is, and not to get off too much on TV stuff, but I think it is. You do bring up an interesting point. TV, in a lot of ways, has sort of supplanted film as sort of the home for certain genres like western stuff even dramas in a way like yeah. those mid-level dramas you can't get really you really can't get made as movies anymore probably do have a good home yeah. uh, on cable and also a lot of biopics probably are better suited for the small screen and probably are or would find a more forgiving audience you know on the small screen i mean think things that we you know Th things that have like long since been on TV and done well, stuff like sci-fi as a genre and fantasy. Fantasy has kind of existed in this weird realm where it's like there hasn't been anything that wasn't really cheesy for a long time. And then yeah. along came Game of Thrones and everybody's like, oh, man, now we can do fantasy on TV. Even the series Vikings on um, on history is essentially a fantasy show. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 supposedly historical, but it feels very much like in one of those worlds. Yeah. But I think what is happening is that the, is that movies are becoming the place where 
you make the really, really big bets, the, the, the like $300 million bets. And TV is a place where you make the $50 million bet. But isn't that kind of isn't that scary, though, that, that, you know, $300 million is pretty much average now for a major movie, yeah. if not maybe even on the low side for some of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's scary. I mean, that's what the hell is it going to be in five years? Because the barrier to entry is really high now, and and you're not seeing as much, you can't see as much artistry in the movie theater. I think the gap between lowest low sort of indie movie and like highest high Avengers two style movie yeah. is getting ever wider. And the you know the answer to the problem is distribution like you're not going to see the same things distributed in the theater it's kind of like the video game arcade it's like when you go into the video game in in arcade now you don't see little games anymore you see games that you have to shell out two bucks for that include some apparatus that you sit in because that is the experience of going to the arcade now the experience of going to the movies now is put on your 3d glasses we're going for a ride a really big expensive ride yeah well on, on that note actually there is a news item that ties into that because more and more the international audience is um really dictating the kind of movies that are going to get yep. made and uh the sort of the release pattern um if you're sick of 3d well you have international audiences to thank for that because a lot of them a lot of these emerging markets in, in Asia and, and throughout Russia and South America, I mean, a lot of uh, their movie-going experiences for smaller, poorer places are going to be in 3D cinemas because they want people to go to the movies there. Right. And so 3D is really cleaning up overseas. Um, Avatar 2 was in the news this week. The uh, producer, John Landau, was at a, a conference in Las Vegas. He was giving the keynote speech, and he and it was a tech-driven conference, and so he was talking about uh, a couple of things. One, it's definitely, of course, going to be in 3D because Cameron loves it, but also he was saying with international audiences, you kind of can't go back. To them, right. 3D is the movie-going experience. Maybe Americans are jaded by it because they've had options, but... You know, when you're going to the movies overseas and you want to keep bringing in those folks, three a 3D experience is the the movie going experience. And also, you know, there for for Avatar two, a couple of things, they haven't decided yet if they're going to do it in 48 frames. Mm. But the producer, interestingly, did say it was the, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here. This isn't his exact wording. Um, is the better or superior film going experience? Mm. Again, probably looking at what The Hobbit did overseas in 48 frames. Uh, another thing about Avatar 2 they're looking at is doing uh, performance capture underwater. That's really cool. So I, I want to get back really quick to um, international box office. And one of the big reasons, one of the huge, huge reasons that 3D is thrives in those markets is that studios push it more in those markets because... There's so much piracy over there. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be able to do off-screen off a 3D movie. Not only that, but it's a different experience. So it is something that's extra. It is something that you're not going to get to watch at home in two days. Yeah. And also um, with uh, uh, international audiences, you know, they have very different – some of the – and we've talked about this in past podcasts, but there are movies that do – very well in the states that don't really do as well overseas right. and vice versa for example in in the news today star trek mm-hmm. into darkness okay the abrams reboot big hit right yes domestically internationally did okay did well yeah. um so 
that's one reason why it's in 3D. And, and they're also upping the amount of dollars they're pouring into international marketing because they really, I mean, this is what's going to keep Star Trek going as a movie franchise and not just as a television experience. Yeah. Um, you know, Star Wars is pre-sold. Star Trek, it really did take that reboot to put it back on the map everywhere in a big way. Yeah. But it's got to it's got to play better overseas or, you know, we'll see about the future of Star Wars, uh, Star Trek on the big screen. I think the overseas thing is fascinating because for years it's been the same way, same way, same way. America would lead and then they would kind of get it whenever they got it. And they were an afterthought. They were treated like, yeah. you know. And now the audience in China is so huge that they're actually shooting extra characters and cutting that movie differently for China. Iron Man 3 is an example Iron Man of 3. that. And Transformers 4, I mistakenly referred to it last week as Transformers 3. Um, <laughs> Transformers 4, the same thing. They're they're going to film in China. They're going to have, you know, Chinese stars are going to play yeah. bigger and bigger roles in movies. In fact, Michael Mann, you know... Um, and this was in the news this week. This is a very organic way to get a lot of news items, by the way. I love this. I don't have to have my, my painfully awkward segues. Um, Michael Mann, his his next movie, it's going to have Chris Hemsworth in it. But it's going to be about uh, an American uh, and Chinese joint task force against um, hackers. So it's a cyber thriller. And the hackers is uh, in the Balkans. Wow. And so it's gonna China's going to play a big role in there. And they're looking at, you know... Chinese stars to uh, star opposite Hemsworth in this movie. Um, I mean, for Michael Mann, if if that movie can be a hit overseas, that's going to buy him a whole lot more opportunity yeah. to make films because he has not been on like ex- exactly a blockbuster ride on the American <laughs> side of things. I mean, I mean, yeah. he did a movie with Johnny Depp that just made a hundred million. Yeah, you know, which is disappointing in some ways for for right. you know anybody else except you know he had johnny depp in it, you know and yeah. it only made a hundred million yeah it's crazy i mean i i think i really think that this is now the future and we're going to start seeing we've we mentioned this last podcast but we're going to start seeing things that aren't even shot for america that just happened to release here too yeah um and that's cool i mean i actually actually enjoy that like well i mean imagine if they put out red cliff now like it would have done yeah. So much bigger. And that's, you know, it's John. Well, I think it's if not his best movie. One of the best movies he did. And and it would be kind of cool if they could, I don't know, re-release it stateside. And I, I think now it would, you know, probably get now that American audiences, thanks to things like Game of Thrones, are much more uh, uh, kind of open to fantasy tinged but historical right. um, epics. I, I don't know. I just it's that's my pitch, Hollywood. I want to see Alpha Flight and just see Canada latch onto it. <laughs> Dude, I so I love Alpha Flight. Growing I did too. And I'm I, telling you, Dinklage has to be Puck. I know he's the bad guy, and we've gone through this before. <laughs> and how soul crushing it was for me to find out he's not Puck. God damn it! I will make that happen. <laughs> I would love it because you got Sasquatch. I mean, so, whatever. Dude, there's so many cool Alpha characters Flight. they could do. You know. I remember um, the day after the day after get Jay um, Baruchel to be like North Star. <laughs> He's so Canadian. When the Seth Dinklage Rogen news too. dropped, when uh, Singer tweeted that out, I immediately emailed our rep at Fox, and I was like, "Hey, 
you know, does this point to an Alpha Flight movie? And I was all proud of myself, like, oh yeah, we're gonna She's get like, some, who? we're gonna get some information <laughs> here, and no email response. <laughs> I think <laughs> they were too busy like, googling Alpha Flight like, to respond to what us. What the hell? What the hell is Carl on about? <laughs> Pulsar. Hey, uh, just to circle back to Evil Dead for a minute, there been a lo- obviously now with uh, all that Marvel Phase Two uh, stuff from last week. A couple of announcements, but first, let's start with a rumor. There's a rumor. Uh, that Evil Dead director uh, Fede or Fede Alvarez and the writer of the film um, are going or are, are being eyed by Marvel for a movie. And the safe money, if there is such a thing as safe money in the world of online comic book movie rumors, <laughs> the safe money is that it's uh, they're being looked at for Doctor Strange, um, which to me is is curious. It may, I mean. He's the director of the number one movie in America. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to be looked at for a lot of things. He's taking a lot of meetings. Right. Um, but I wonder, is that does that indicate a Doctor Strange movie that might be more horror-tinged, maybe scarier? I would love that. I would love, love, love for them to start to developing the horror angle of Marvel Comics because they're obviously going off in a bunch of different directions. They're doing cosmic. And I think Phase 2 is actually really, really about cosmic. Oh, which yeah. I thought was going to be like way down the line. Didn't you? Didn't you feel like... Yeah, I thought, oh, we're going to... we're gonna. It's going to be guys in capes for a while. And I thought so too. Actually, there's not many guys in capes in Marvel. That's really more DC. There's Thor. Yeah, exactly. That's about it. Yeah. Okay, so hot women in tight clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Marvel. You know um, how to do it. <laughs> that's right. Um, uh, speaking of uh, Marvel, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, has started filming. Yeah. That's really awesome. That We, we were saying last week, for most of us, that's the movie, the, the Phase 2 movie, we really can't wait to see. Yeah. Most curious about Guardians of the Galaxy and, to a lesser degree, Ant-Man, but the one I really can't wait to see is Captain America 2. And I, yeah. loved, uh, I loved the idea of uh, Thor the Dark World with... Malekith, the accursed, and all that, but until I really start seeing more better imagery than just set photos, like yeah. Captain America: The Winter Soldier, at least I knowing that story, I know how cool the potential is for that movie. Um, couple of things though, with the official studio uh, announcement, Emily Van Camp, who you know as the star of Revenge, is indeed playing Sharon Carter, uh, Agent Thirteen. Uh, Peggy Carter is also going to be in the movie, once again played by Haley Atwell. We knew we knew that, but it's nice that that's been officially confirmed. Um, and Robert Redford is playing Alexander Pierce, who is in the comics um, sort of the liaison between Nick Fury and Tony Stark. Uh, I think in this movie, the 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 word is that he is a uh, more like what Ray Fiennes was in Skyfall. Mm-hmm. So you you would imagine like. After all the events and and after all the stuff that happened in Avengers, aliens coming to Earth, all the Shield headquarters getting blown up, you know, Hawkeye getting turned. Like, yeah, maybe maybe Nick Fury is actually going to get a little bit more oversight <laughs> this time. I and mean, they almost nuked New York. Not know? only that, but he was super trying to go rogue in the middle of that movie. Oh yeah, remember. with all the the alien guns and all that stuff. And I mean, and and that the whole tribunal, he basically turned his back on them. He so told him, you know, and and the the most family friendly way possible that Sam Jackson can tell someone to go f themselves. He did it. <laughs> he said, "F your M." <laughs> um, but Captain America Two is going to film in Cleveland, Los Angeles, and in Washington D.C. And it sounds like Black Widow is actually going to play a much bigger 
bigger role in this movie. I mean, the yeah. official synopsis made it sound like it was almost like a buddy flick. Well, and she, also Falcons in there too. She's been teasing that for a long time. She's been saying that she's getting a bigger role in this movie, and I, I, That's cool. I, I still ultimately, ultimately think that she could have a Phase Three movie or something. I mean, they for a long time they wanted to do a, um, a Black Widow movie back back when Artisan and, and Lionsgate had yeah. a deal with Marvel. Oh my God! It was uh, uh, David Hayter who you guys know as the voice of Solid Snake, but he's also a screenwriter, did X Men and a few other things was trying to get um, a Black Widow movie off the ground. It was also they were, they were also trying to make an Iron Fist movie with Ray Park. Oh, man, they were going to do so Punisher. Good. There were all these plans, and then, of course, it obviously never happened. Um, but, yeah, uh, oh, Black Panther. Uh, <laughs> again, this is a sign of the Internet going batshit over nothing. <laughs> uh, the actor Morris Chestnut, who you know from Boys in the Hood, Identity Thief, he was on V, he was on American Horror Stories first season. Um, made a curious tweet about like, oh, I better brush up on Black Panther. <laughs> Internet goes batshit thinking, oh, he's going to play Black Panther. He ended up like backtracking from that and was saying, no, 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 I'm, I'm not. There's no truth to any of that. But I, I did think it was interesting that um, it kind of goes to show how much people really want a Black Panther movie that an actor, you know, Morris Chestnut's a recognizable actor, but you know, like a great actor, and I think really Marvel could land probably a bigger fish for yeah. Black Panther than him. But the fact that he mentioned anything was like people went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. So. Well, I think it's I think it's partially also that people want to be, you know, like early in the know. Like yeah, yeah. This indicates that this is going to happen. But you know, ultimately, you can't even say if you're an actor these days, you can't even say like I'm reading this comic book because people think, yeah, all right, you're reading it for this project that's definitely happening. Sometimes that's true, though. Yeah, yeah. no, I wouldn't even be surprised if down the line it came out that he was reading for us. You know, yeah, Panther. I'm sure somebody at Marvel put the kibosh on it because they're they are such control freaks about everything. Yeah. Um, Let's uh let's talk about a few other things in the news. Anne Hathaway reteaming with Christopher Nolan for Interstellar. That's his next sci-fi movie. Matthew McConaughey is gonna uh, star in it. Uh, a Haunted House, the uh, the spoof, oh getting a sequel. Ugh. Thanks, world. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, although I think that was primarily American audiences doing on that one. Um, Jim Carrey is gonna star in a comedy called Ricky Stenicky. Yeah, what's that about? Uh, good question. I didn't read this. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you had to what, ask me. What's that about? <laughs> read it at IGN.com. We have a whole story <laughs> on it. Um, Kung Fu Panda 3 is cast uh, three actors. I love that Walter White and Hannibal are going to be in the same movie here. <laughs> Brian Cranston, Mads Mikkelsen, and Rebel Wilson, who you know from Bridesmaids, uh, are all going to be in the voice cast of Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda. Um, Wait, she wasn't in Bridesmaids, was she? What yeah. was she in Bridesmaids? She's the, the, the heavyset English girl, the roommate. Oh, uh, right. Matt Lucas' sister. Right, 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 right. Okay. I have to ask you to move out. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> the supernatural thriller Beware the Night, uh, directed by Scott Derrickson, who did Sinister and Exorcism of Emily Rose, and is being produced by... Jerry Bruckheimer. Exorcism of Emily Rose, underrated. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen it, it's very good. Yeah, and Jennifer, <coughs> excuse me, Jennifer Carpenter. Jennifer Carpenter from Dexter is the star of it. Well, Olivia Munn is going to be in this movie, hmm. playing, I believe, Eric Bana's wife. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so not uh, 
long way she's come from G4. <laughs> Which doesn't even exist anymore. Doesn't even exist. Now the, what, the Esquire? Esquire Network, Channel? yeah. Yeah. Um, Tarzan. Now, this, this one will, I'm sure, really get you going here. Going. Tarzan. Warner Brothers has reportedly shut down uh, their plans to film this year hmm. uh, over budget concerns. Uh, maybe they'll film next year. David Yates, who did the Harry Potter sequels, still attached to direct. The movie was going to star, and it might still star, Alexander Skarsgård, Samuel L. Jackson, and Jessica Chastain. And they were also looking at Jamie Foxx for the film's third lead, hmm. uh, which I believe was the bad guy who was supposed to be a warlord. Um, so Tarzan, I guess, uh, will swing another day. Back burner. Who cares, really? <laughs> You're never going to top the Bo Derek movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm partial to Greystoke myself. That's my, um, I'm, I'm, by the way, joking about that. So that is the not about strangest the Bo Derek movie, part. man. Yeah, it is just bizarre. It is so strange. Like... Richard Harris is in a completely different movie than Bo Derek and oh yeah and the, who's the dude that played Tarzan? Uh, I don't even know. Miles Miles O'Keefe. Oh yeah, there you go. Uh, do you want to know a little factoid about Jurassic Park? I would like to. All those dinosaur noises. Turns out they were, according to the sound effects guys, were actually recordings of animal sex sounds. Yes. Tortoises going at it. I knew it. Dolphins. I knew it. And heat. Yep. I've so, heard so many dolphins dolphins have sex. I was like, that, that sound is so familiar. You've heard dolphins having sex no, before? No, I'm joking. I'm just saying, if you live in Miami, <laughs> that's probably a common thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I like how they go, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do oh, it, yeah. Flipper. 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 <laughs> um, do you remember the Saturday Night Live sketch where the guy was um, reviewing uh, porn movies? And he was like... Interesting, interesting, very interesting, very, very interesting, <laughs> and suddenly I lost interest. <laughs> you, know, you know what job I was actually up for before I was hired here at IGN? I applied for the managing editor job at AVN. Oh, wow. Now, this was a, a very um, uh, bad job period for me where I was sending out a lot of resumes you know, online just into the void. And I would just blanket send out these things. I didn't know what AVN was. I saw a listing, and I just like, you know, seriously, I would just plug and play, send them out there. I get a call from them, and they're like, we're really interested in your resume. You really look perfect for this job. Um, and they're like, are you familiar with the, the work we cover? And I'm like, honestly, I'm not that familiar. And they're like, well, that's fine. That's fine. Check out our site. Look at our product and see if you can review things in, in the voice of our site. I'm like, sure, no problem. I thought AVN was like automotive or, or something uh, like that. So I got AVN. That's funny. And, of course, adult video news, I find out. And, man, I you know if you think you have a dirty mouth, you don't until you, you go and read the reviews at AVN. I'm like, it was like trying to learn a whole other language. Yep. And then I finally like backed out of the job because – I was like, my mother and grandmother were still alive at the time. I'm like, I can't go home and say what I <laughs> now do. Now you brushed oh up your Oh, my God, dude. All my single friends were like, 
dude, what are you doing? Take the job. Imagine <laughs> the parties we could get into. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, now I'm like, now that I'm single again, I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> I should have taken that, that job. job's probably still open, my friend. <laughs> no, I actually looked up uh, a few <laughs> years back. No. Nope. And, and it was, uh, it was actually, there's a woman that's had that job now and she looks like, um, like a, uh, a school mom. Nice. And I'm like, there you go. Geez, she took that job away from you. Hey, you know who's out of prison? Wesley Snipes. I do know that. What do, What do you want to see Wesley do next? Do you want to see him uh, play Blade again? Do you want him in Expendables Three, or do you want him to? I don't want to see him play Blade again. But I will say this: this is a plug for C2E2. I'm going to C2E2. I'm going to be moderating a bunch of panels. One of the panels I'm moderating is the Patton Oswalt panel. Nice. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait to hear Pat and Oswald talk about Wesley Snipes on Blade Three because oh, apparently dude. it's just amazing. Like he did some he did some like full reveal of stuff that was going on on that set that was well, just apparently brilliant. there was a lot of like violent threats made towards David Corey who just was directing it. Just weird all sorts stuff. Of... He would go hide in his trailer and only communicate via post-it notes and all this like just oh my God. crazy stuff. They said that Ryan Reynolds um, was was talking about it and said that um, I, I think this is all paraphrased through Patton. So yeah. I don't, I don't want to like throw Ryan Reynolds under the bus if he didn't say this, but throw him under the bus for Green Lantern. He was saying he was saying that um, they just shot their half of all these scenes without him present. So like if things seemed weird in the final cut, like it's because they were reacting to nothing. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean it, nice. it's kind of an interesting slash <laughs> terrible. <laughs> stories oh, from that so i can't wait to talk to him about that and i'm also doing a panel um with all the with the original cast members of batman from the 60s so oh, dude yeah adam you, west you and burt ward and and julie newmar as well oh man i would so love to be there well there is a resurgence in that we were talking about this earlier um if you guys only really listen to the movies podcast you should check out our our ign comics because there is a um kind of a retro return to camp uh yeah. batman comic coming up yeah uh is it already out i can't remember Mm-mm. well actually i'm not sure i think it's coming up but see yeah. when i was a kid I, I i didn't realize that that was camp i thought it was dead serious when batman was tied batman and robin were tied to a giant ice cream cone maker i thought that shit was real i was like <laughs> i thought it was drama i'm like how are they gonna get out of this one <laughs> they're gonna die <laughs> And then, of course, yeah. he would have something in his belt that would get him out of Mr. trouble. Mr. Freeze. Um, so, yeah. Um, let's talk about the hot trailer that everybody saw this yes. week. Elysium. Elysium. Now, that's Neil Blomkamp, the director of District 9. They did a big dog and pony show for the press this week. And I have to say, I was at it. I got to say, both the dog and the pony were quite good looking uh <laughs> dogs and ponies that's a really bad that analogy terrible, that just sounded like animal sex yeah. too much jurassic park talk that's i blame it on that oh boy um so basically um they showed us 10 minutes of footage from the movie and it was pretty sequential obviously i think it was a truncated form of it but we it's set in the year i believe 2154 mm-hmm. uh it's a similar looking world to district 9 so imagine um that world but say 100 or so years later um and it's 
Earth is getting so shitty that all the rich people have left and now live on uh, a space station called Elysium that orbits overhead, and it's just like this idyllic world. Mm-hmm. And so all the poor people and and everything live on Earth. And, of course, it's an arid, just disgusting shithole, <laughs> unlike now. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Elysium, like, they have tech up there that can cure cancer, everything. We still have New Zealand. We still have New Zealand, which is gorgeous, let yeah. me tell you. Um, uh, so Blomkamp uh, was doing, you know, this presentation, and he uh, he showed, again, 10 minutes of mo- uh, footage of the movie, and it definitely, if you liked District 9, you will love Elysium, uh, but it just looked like a, a, a cool kind of... Um, thought-provoking movie i mean it's definitely got a like a um a political a socio-economic political uh subtext to it it's it's very much a movie for the you know uh the 99 percent versus the one percent right, right. and um so there's a lot to be had there but he he was saying that they were making the movie before all that occupy wall street like while that Occupy Wall Street stuff had just sorted to happen. So the movie's not a reaction to it. It was just sort of in the air at the time. Well, it's like everybody, it's always haves and have-nots. You know? Yeah, like, I mean, it's a pretty classic. About that, so. I mean, Robin Hood is that right. and predates all of it. Um, so, but Blomkamp also was asked about, you know, he was asked during a, a press conference, do you see yourself continuing to do original work like uh, Elysium and District 9, would you ever consider adaptations or sequels? And he, this opened up uh, the opportunity for him to recount uh, working on Halo. Now, you guys might remember, he was supposed to direct Halo the movie, Peter Jackson producing, I believe it was Universal and Fox were involved, and it was going to be the big video game movie of like all time yeah obviously that didn't happen it it imploded over a number of concerns including money and just sort of overall sort of um just concerns on the part of the studio and microsoft so it uh so it didn't happen but he did say that he still loves the world and mythology of halo and he would still do the movie but (laughs) <laughs> he would want creative control, which right. he was saying is he basically was like, that's never going to happen again. I'm pr- paraphrasing him. It's like he's like, there's 150 people involved in every decision. And I just I can't really make movies like that. I you know, it, he's like the original things allow me the opportunity to sort of do my thing. Um, but he was like in a perfect world. Basically, he would still do Halo. I want him to continue to do movies like he's doing them because I the last thing I want to see is him like shackled by some concerns of some studio and have these movies not seem as yeah, as gritty and sort of real as he's delivering yeah. them, you know. So like I I I would rather you know I I think Halo will eventually happen. I think it's almost going to take Microsoft doing their own studio in order to make it happen. Well, I mean, we definitely got a t- uh, um, a taste of it with the Halo Four Dawn to Dawn. Mm-hmm web series and I, I saw it as the like a uh, completed feature and I quite enjoyed it actually mm-hmm. I thought like as far as a live action Halo goes that was a pretty good way into the story and it was pretty accessible and it definitely made me think of things of Hunger Games and Ender's Game and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff but I think there's a um, you know if if they were uh, kind of if Microsoft 
would sort of maybe get out of their own way a bit. I mean, yeah. really, how bad could the movie do to dilute the brand? It's not going to be another Super Mario Brothers. No. And, and and the thing is, it's like there are so many capable people out there who could take a Halo story and turn it into something amazing. <laughs> like, I don't know what they're worried about. It's like... There's there's nothing that could actually like ruin that game to the point where like the franchise would stop making money. It's just well, I or mean, even Blomkamp dip. now and Elysium has gotten some great buzz. There's a lot more heat on it now, and uh, you know you can check out the trailer now at, at IGN.com um, slash movies. <laughs> and uh, we uh, we're now hosting the trailer, and it, it gives you a pretty good um, uh, kind of snapshot of the film. Shelto Copley. The star of District Nine plays the bad guy in in uh, Elysium, <clears throat> and he was joking about like he has this like big bushy beard. Yeah, and uh, he goes, "There's just something about the beard; it just makes you badass. <laughs> like you suddenly don't, you know, you're not scared of anybody, and you, you like if somebody gives you grief, you like are ready to throw down." He's like, "I don't know what it is about the beard; it just gave me this edge." <laughs> and awesome. uh, yeah, so uh, we we have a. Um, a written preview of what we saw, and it looks really cool. So check it out at ign.com slash movies. So let's get to what's opening up this weekend. Uh, 42, the uh, story of Jackie Robinson, uh, opens in theaters. Now Harrison Ford has a key supporting role in that. Uh, and then also opening up is Scary Movie 5. Ooh. So what do you think? Does 42, which... And Oblivion. Open- no, uh, Oblivion, I believe that's the UK. Oh, I th- for some reason I thought it was coming up this weekend. It's not. No, no. Oh, it's uh-huh. it's uh um that's next week, but I think the UK I think they get it a few days early. Well, no. stupidly. Cuz but there was a change in that recently, so I don't know if it's still opening up as early over there as they mm. as they want. So, 42 is opening up in 2900 screens, Scary Movie 5 on 3000 screens. However, 42 wouldn't that speak to a broader audience because it's about such a sports icon mm. and it's much more than America. 4,900 screens, or uh, 2,900 screens is no slouch. I mean, that's yeah. not like a small release. Um, I actually think that, I, I don't know. I I actually don't know if either of those movies have enough. I guess Scary Movie might actually. See, I think Evil Dread's going to drop big. I think it is too because it only won Friday. It didn't Only win one Friday, days. and then and that cinema score, which means word of mouth to people who aren't just horror buffs, yeah, is not is going to be lukewarm. So it'll be twelve, I think. So what, what's going to be what's going to be number one? I think Scary Movie is going to be number one. Okay. At twenty one million, and okay. then I think um and then I think forty two will be right after it at eighteen million, and then okay. I think Evil Dead's going to drop to twelve. I could actually see Crude's holding pretty holding. Drop well. to twelve million or twelve place. 12 million. Okay. I was like, damn, that's really blooming. Um, and you think Cruz will hang in there? I think Cruz will be fourth. Okay. Want to take a oh, wait, actually, guess at Cruz? Or G.I. Joe? No, no I, I think Cruz Cru- will yeah. be fourth, yeah. Uh, so what, you want to give me a number for Cruz or just? Yeah, no. No? All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to say I'm gonna say 42 in first place. I'm going to go 20 million. I'm going to say Scary Movie 5, second place. I'm going to say I'm going to say 18. And then I'm going to say Evil Dead. I don't know, man. I, I think I'm going to go Crudes, actually. I think Evil Dead's going to drop like to the bottom of the top five. I'm going to say Crudes third place with, what did it make last weekend? 20. I'm going to say with 
14 because that's that's really the only thing out there right now for children yeah um so all right folks well i'm sorry we couldn't get to read our email this week um we did get a few of them but send us uh your your thoughts at keeping it real at ign.com uh check us out over on itunes give us a shout out over there and check out all the latest uh, trailers and everything at ign.com slash movies thanks for listening we'll catch you all next time